Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey everyone and welcome to Recipe for Success brought to you by Junior Achievement of South Florida. I am Lori Salarulo, the President and CEO of the organization and I just absolutely love this opportunity to bring you leaders and entrepreneurs who share their story and share the ingredients to their success. And so for those of you who have been watching for a while, you know we usually come live out of the kitchen at JA World. We have not been live since uh, we went into isolation, uh, but we have been broadcasting from my kitchen. But we thought it would be fun to take it live again uh, so that you could interact and, and talk with our guests and ask them questions and uh, find out more uh, about what you wanna know. So with that, I am so thrilled to introduce this morning's guest who really, uh, is such an amazing representation of what Junior Achievement does. It's all about teaching those skill sets that get you through tough times in life. It's about entrepreneurship and starting businesses uh, and figuring out right how to make it um, on your own. And so this morning, I am thrilled to welcome Arminda Figaro, but we call her Mindy, uh, and she is the founder and CEO of Latin to Latin Marketing and Communications, L2L. And so with that, I am going to have Mindy join us. Uh, how are you? Good. I'm doing great. And I'm so excited to be here with you, Lori. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. I think we got the orange, pink, coral uh, memo this morning. <laughs> I know. Um, and the glasses, you know, all... <laughs> exactly, exactly. So first of all, how are you? How are you personally doing through all of this? I can see you working in your home. Um, just give us, you know, give me a little update on how you are. First of all, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. I bless you. <laughs> and I'm really thrilled um, that uh, I have the opportunity to share some of the st stuff that we've been doing. Obviously, this has been in a tremendous change uh, for everybody. Right. Uh, but the most important thing is, you know, when, when you are in the zone, when you are focused on what you do and your core values, then how do you implement them, whether you're remote or whether you're at the office, etc. I'm doing fantastic. I am blessed to be alive, healthy. Uh, yes, in quarantine, we're going into our sixth week uh, before it became a mandate. We decided uh, my our family decided across the board, both here uh, in North Carolina and Puerto Rico, where are my, my uh, immediate family to, to go into quarantine. And I immediately sent everybody home. Um, we have been a virtual company, uh, half a virtual company for 13 years. So this is not new for us. So the minute that things were getting a little bit uh, out of control, we turned the switch, we closed the office in downtown Florida, and everybody's been working from home and it's been magnificent. We huddle, we get together one, uh, once a week and um, we now implemented a, a reflection half an hour. So everybody in the team talks about keywords that they represent something meaningful today. 
we're shared. That's the way we started with. So we're doing fantastic. That is amazing. You know, I think those people who were doing virtual, um, not, not, not even necessarily remote working, but at least already knew the tools, had the tools. Um, I think they got a little bit of a jump start. So that's great to hear. So in the marketing and communications world, Mindy, right? I, I mean, I, I, you and I talked a little bit. I spent many years in advertising in New York. Um, and so advertising, pu public relations, communications, marketing it has changed so much, right, over the years. Um, and so how has a time like this, has there been a shift in how you are meeting the marketing needs and communication needs of your clients? Absolutely. I mean, uh, if somebody says no, they're living in a different bubble or something. Absolutely. So first of all, you know, you have to, if you go back to 10 years ago or 11 years ago for the last recession in 2008, if you look historically, the people that survived were the people that are still relevant to their audience, the people that were doing some type of activity. You know, some people cut immediately marketing dollars and those that didn't and continue to have a dialogue and control the dialogue were the ones who came back faster and stronger. So if we take that historical learning from there and we apply it to today's activities, this is the way to go. We're working, I mean, the current clients that we have that have stayed uh, active with us, uh, it's tremendous. You know, we're constantly having these conversations. How do we become relevant to the current environment? How do we communicate? And most importantly, how do you, in a way, lead the conversation? You can't control things around you. We can't control what's happening, but we can lead the conversation. We can be, we can add value. We can share experiences. We can say, listen, don't look at everything in there, you know, uh, that is negative. Let's look at the positive, provide tips, provide activities. You know, I have a client that services the 55 plus community and the first important, the first thing that they did was take care of the residents. And then after that, it was about what are we going to do under this new normal? Let's still be who we are. We have fun. We have, we teach people, we educate, we communicate, and we, we taught them, or they taught them technology. They taught them how, how to stay connected with a loved one. And that's reinventing themselves. That's redefining senior leaders. Yeah, I, I think you're so right. It's making sure that, I love that, add value and lead the conversation, right? So important. Um, and I think we're seeing more of that. I know on social media, for sure, yeah. uh, we're seeing a lot of that. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you you, you talked about the 55 plus. I'm, I'm wondering, are they adjusting to this new world, right? Because every demographic group is adjusting to this a little differently, right? Our kids are now being introduced to other platforms, to Zoom, to, to Teams, right? Um, not just us out in the workforce, but our young people, right, which are the people we serve, right. they're all being introduced to new platforms just like those over 55. How are they adjusting? So I think if we take a spectrum, right, of uh, different age cohorts. So let's talk about the 55 plus. Absolutely. I mean, of course, there's going to be resistance and people are going to stumble into it. They're going to feel intimidated and so forth. But I think for the majority, they have had to, they would be, they have been forced to understand what technology can do and still connect us. They are able to see their loved ones, they're able to do social media, to do Zoom, to do 
uh, all type of different video conferences, and that it has no price, right? And then on the other hand, let's talk about the young individuals, which I actually, my passion about what you're doing is, because uh, I, I used to belong from when I used to uh, be in Puerto Rico, I, I participated in the JA programs. And that's how, in a way, my entrepreneurship started getting molded. Um, although I thought that I was an entrepreneur since I was born, but that's a different <laughs> It's in your blood. Totally. There, is, there is that age-old question of whether entrepreneurs are born right or made. So yeah. we'll talk about that. Well, we'll I'll touch on that in a, in a moment, but let me just talk about the young generation. I have had, I have always believed that uh, when I started my business, that was part of my mission, that I wanted to bring young people, whether they were in high school or they were graduated, to come and get an opportunity to understand uh, what is the real world, not textbook, but the real world in entrepreneurship. And uh, so from the very beginning, for the 13 years, I always have different type of internship programs. I have had uh, interns that became uh, essential, um, you know, employer, employees of Latin to Latin. And I have others, interns that went on when they came here to work with us they changed their mindset so they decided to go to define why they wanted to go into business and they started doing some amazing stuff uh, selling stuff it's two kids in particular that are the, the sons of, of one of my friends my best friends and every summer they spent with me uh and we had so much fun seeing how they transition and what skills does they learn with from presentation skills writing skills um you know reading a, a group of people presenting and all that. And that was for me priceless. Yeah. And it's one of the things that, that we do at Junior Achievement. Actually, um, our Junior Achievement area or chapter, as you might say, is the only one in the globe, actually, after the kids are finished with the programs, putting them into jobs. Absolutely. And so we see not only do they gain value, right? They've gone through eight months of training to be prepared to be in your workplace. But then they bring value that I think most of our employers have been so pleasantly surprised by. These young people are very, very bright. They are, they've gone through this program, they know how to solve problems uh, and they've got wonderful ideas. And so kudos to you for being so open to that. And I know you and I talked and so I already um, told my team that you are gonna be taking hopefully some interns this summer, but, um, I hope that other employers follow that. You know that that let's touch on that that internship thing. You you said that yes, you, you think you were born that way, but talk a little bit for a second about you said you went through junior achievement programming as a young person. Was there a, a spark that was that part of what right you where you said, you know what, I always wanted to do this, but now I know I can do it. Yeah, there's a couple of things to that. First of all, I think when I said I was born into it, et cetera, I, I, let me go back uh, to my upbringing. My, my grandparents in Puerto Rico, paternal grandparents, started a gas station in Puerto Rico in Guaynabo, where we're from. And I, as a child, used to go to the gas station and see how they were operating. And at one point, I was eager to go and pump gas and uh, understand what that meant to not only service by pumping gas, grabbing their exchange, you know, of money, going to inside the store with my grandmother, 
was the one who was handling the cash registers. You read that. It's always the way it is in Latin families. <laughs> Absolutely. My grandmother wouldn't miss a beat. So she will exchange, give me the change. I will go rushing back to give the exchange because there was no credit cards at that time. So, uh, and it was a thank you. It was like the smile of the people that were like in awe, like, what are these little girls, my sister and I, pumping gas? And people were asking, what are you doing that? And my grandparents were like, they want to do a number one. Number two, why not? They're learning the business. And, and you're uh, learning work ethic. Right? Exactly. So it built work ethic. It built community. It built a sense of understanding how, how my grandparents had never finished uh, even grammar school, you know, eighth grade. They were able to become entrepreneurs and Socially, you know, from a from a uh, financial social perspective, they became an upper middle class family, and they traveled the world, and they put two sons through through uh, um, uh, school. Uh, one becoming a doctor, the other the other one becoming a professional. And then my father, you could you could say that he he became an entrepreneur. And the same thing on my mother's side. My mother always reinvented herself. My mother has been my one of my business partners for thirteen years. On wow. the business on Latin to Latin, so that was my environment. However, when I went to junior achievement, I think that what I learned was first of all to know how to present your ideas, how to understand what the business case was, why you were doing what we're doing, and to sophisticate your your approach to things and to get feedback from other people that will have more more um, you know experience that you do and more more wisdom. And then being able to apply that and to humble yourself because sometimes at young age we believe that we know it all. And uh, and what happens is that sometimes you be you need to be grounded and you need you need to be told this is the process, this is what you have to wait, this is what you have to build this uh, this business in this following steps. Yeah, and you know I think you're right. The mentorship piece of that is so important. Even till this day, I mean I know that you are big on growing, continuing to grow and learning and having mentors and, and talking with people about their business. Yes, we're, sometimes we're going to do things our own way and we may fall or we may succeed, but that's how we learn, right? And so I'm all about it. You know, in your bio, um, it talks about that you authored a book called An Entrepreneur's Guide to Surviving a Business Implosion. Yeah. When you and I talked, um, you shared with me an experience of another time in your business when things uh, in the economy uh, didn't go very well. And talk a little bit about how you came out of that, right? How did you go into it? And then what were the couple of things that helped you come out of it? Absolutely. In every business and in, in every entrepreneur, if you don't have peaks and valleys, then you're not really an entrepreneur. You're an employee or, or of another company and so forth. So for me, when I first started, I started my business in 2007, and then right at the end of 2007, we were starting the new, the, the Great Depression of 2008. So for me, I was starting from zero. So, you know, anything that went up, a blip, was a great win. So that was my mentality, right? So uh, during that particular time, I was, uh, I was starting to build my business. And I had some employees that were working with me when things got really tough. Uh, we huddled, we talked about it, we said, look, you know, it's either we all go out on unemployment, on, in unemployment or we 
cut down or we work within the revenue that we have coming in and we'll split it. You know, we'll do whatever we need to do and uh, so that everybody has at least something coming in. And there was an amazing, that for me was such a, 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 a you know, life-changing experience that people were willing to do that and so forth. And that worked. So the minute that things started working out, you know, within the next year or so, things, um, people were compensated accordingly. Fast forward in, in the middle of, let's say, my, my probably my fifth year, I lost three accounts at the same time, uh, all for different reasons. Some people move on, uh, some clients move up to other other projects, and then, you know, the, the, the current projects were canceled. The good thing is that those people that moved to other projects, they pull us back in, but that took a, a six months, you know, sort of adjustment. Same, same thing again, we talk to everybody, you know, we are transparent. We tell them this is, we're in this together or we got to figure something out. And when you have that kind of discussion with the people and culture, it changes the way that your business is going to succeed or not. Now, two years ago, it was interesting because I have surpassed my, you know, my goals of seven digit mark, you know, as, an, as a small entrepreneur, uh, you know, minority-owned businesses, like your goal is to surpass the million-dollar mark. We doubled that. We were like, woohoo, this is fantastic. With that team of growth, exponential growth, that it was unparalleled. Uh, we hired people. There was 23 people working with us. There were different uh, activities. I was growing to different markets. I was going different different places, and I and I and identified someone very fast, and that's what a uh, mistake I made. Uh, that I didn't have a solid succession plan. That's when my first learning there. So I didn't have a succession plan and goes like, well, succession plans is when you're gonna die. It's like, no, succession plans happens with anything. You have to have a backup plan. Uh, let's do something, I get sick, something happens. I For this business to continue, I have to have a successor that is gonna take the business to the next level. So my first mistake was that. So I talk about that in the book. And I talk about the mistakes I did as a leader, not to understand uh, how to pick the right person to lead the, uh, the agency and take them to the next level. And my myopia for focusing on the growth of the business, you know, it was like a such a how, you know, like I've made it, I, I'm doing seven digits, uh, and this is like, you know, on top of the world, etc. And you know what, though, that was a rude awakening for me. There's no, there's no money in the world. Let me tell you that can uh, can really pay for going back to the basics and understanding your core values. And I had to come to Jesus moment where I had to come back and say, you know what, though, that made this mistake. This created havoc in my uh, in my environment with my people. It changed the culture of my company. You know, I couldn't have a transparent conversation with the people because they didn't. They didn't understand the truth that it was too harsh for them to say okay we were here we were there but you're you're not doing you're not doing what you're supposed to do as a teammate and when that happens you have to start from scratch so i got rid of people some people left on their own and i started from zero again pretty much i mean i have i safeguarded some companies i fired clients believe me i fired clients and it was the most liberating experience of my life but at the same time 
that had tons of financial consequences. Right. So uh, for me, it has been an amazing experience to share that with people because we all make mistakes. An important thing is how do you pivot and how you then come back to basics. Yeah, I think that's so, so important. I mean, two really good points that I just took away from, from what you shared is, you know, sometimes we grow and when we grow, we lose sight of the core values, right? And so making sure, especially at a time like this, this is such a good time for us to, to get back to those values and build that, that trust and that respect within your team. Um, because if, it isn't, if that isn't strong right now, Right. I think you're absolutely right. The business will not get through it. Um, and then the second part, as leaders, you know, we're so often uh, threatened by the idea of a succession plan. Right. But you're absolutely right. I mean, someday I want to retire. So who's who's going to take over down the road um, or if I should decide, you know, or if something happened to me. Like you said, it's not a bad thing. Um, it's not about replacing the person. It's about being prepared. Right. Succession planning is just part of preparation. And right. so those are just two amazing, amazing thoughts. Um, is So I always ask this question towards the end of our interview, and that is, what is the main ingredient to your success? I think uh, there's a, uh, there's a couple, I, based on my conversations with my team, I think there's the level of uh, emotional intelligence that is critical, especially at this time of the, of the year of what we're going through. Um, emotional intelligence in that, uh, how do you connect with the people? How do you make them feel in the environment that you have created and understanding um, about their hopes, their fears, and their dreams? And it's part of our mission statement that we need to really understand and internalize those first among each other. My team is for me the number one and that was part of my core value that I lost sight two years ago. So now that's back again. That's part of my DNA. So it's understanding how they're feeling, what are their hopes, what are their fears, and what are the dreams so that I can create or help create that environment. I cannot make anybody go, come in and wake up in the morning and want to work. That has to come from within. But I can understand what are their drivers so that what, by providing opportunities, challenges, etc., where they can we can we can get to their end result. I think the other thing uh, is uh, transparency. And I mentioned this uh, again that had happened right now in three ways, right? So in 2008, in the middle of the of the road, and then most recently I have to tell my my team, we have certain clients, but we don't know how long it's gonna take. What are we gonna do if plan A doesn't work, plan B and plan C? And let me tell you something, everybody has been unbelievable, unbelievably understanding. And they're like, we're not going anywhere. Whatever it takes, we're going to be here. And that, you can't put a price back to that. Yeah. So I think those two elements are the two. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that's so key, understanding, especially that first one, I think, you know, understanding your team and their needs. Um, and I love, you know, I think this virtual meeting and the huddles, right, and the team meetings, Doing them like this, I think we're connecting even on a deeper level with our teams than we do when we're in the office and we might be there in person, but we're not spending that quality time having these conversations that we're having today. And I think as a leader, it's so important that we share our feelings, that they understand that we are frightened, right? That we might be 
uncertain about what's happening and we don't have all the answers and that as a team you know hopefully we will pull through this i cannot thank you enough for sharing um and uh your ingredients and your story um it's amazing and and i think you know with that reminder to stay true to your values and to the team because those are the, the two of the most important things we can do uh, in our businesses and in our lives, right? Whether it's your team or your family. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for, for being a junior achievement fan uh, and part of our family uh, and for your openness to training and accepting our internships. I hope for those out there that you heard Mindy talking about the experience that she had with internships, we do have students that we will be placing this summer and we will be paying their salaries. So these are young people who have been trained and can come in, help you with projects, help you with idea generation, and um, you will be pleasantly surprised at what they can do. And so Mindy, I know you and I will stay in touch and we will talk. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself and your family and your team and be well, my friend. Same thing to, to you, Laurie, and can't wait to hire or to have the first hire of a junior achievement. Uh, Michael, Robert, uh, Robbie, and I, we were talking about it the other day, and we're like, yes, we're going to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so we can't wait. We'll have a great project coming up. So Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> they will love it. Have an amazing day, everyone. Thank you for watching. And uh, if you have any questions for Mindy, you can certainly reach out to us. And we will. I, Mindy, you're open to people connecting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. And that's the idea, bringing these leaders to you so that you can connect with them and, and hear more about their stories and get their advice. So everyone stay safe and have an amazing day.